You guys can edit this out, Billy, if you want to, but <laughs> oh, boy. I was just watching the giant beetle walk toward me, and I was like, man, I hope that guy doesn't get real close to me. And then a huge toad jumped out from next to my chair and ate him, ate that beetle like a boss. And now he's acting a little weird, but he ate it. We are recording. Hey, everyone. It is Billy here with Strictly Sales, Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, and I'm here with the... You guys are not going to believe this. First place and second place. That's right from Mosquito Creek Lake. I loved Mosquito Creek. Let's start with first place, Sean Skidmore. How you doing, Sean? Going on, man. Good. How are you? I'm doing good, Sean Skidmore. Skids, right? Yep. Skids. That that works. That's nicer than some of the things I've been called. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then. The other guy who you're going to be, I'm, I just called you the other guy. I'm always Robert Wiker or Bobby or Big, Big Bass Bobby. <laughs> Matt Davis, he, just, he, he loves his nicknames. He's pushing that one good. That one hard too. Yeah. I just, I, I've had to tell him he was calling me Billy Limits because my goal last year was to get Limit. And Very so he started calling me. Yeah. But then all weekend he called me Billy Banana. Uh-huh. That's, uh huh. That's that one's gonna stick for the season. Billy Bucket Mouse here before too long. Ooh, I like, I like that. that. Well, well, Bobby is the second place winner, and you guys really battled it out. So this is gonna be. I've been looking forward to this all week. This is gonna be really cool to talk to you guys. But how you doing, Bobby? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. And you know what? I, I gotta clear this up from the beginning because i've kind of made it like a thing to make sure that i call you bobby because i'm billy and i don't want people to call me bill or william or will or willie <laughs> i always say it's I always say it's only robert if you owe me money so on tournament days you can just just call me robert i feel better till the end and you beat me well <laughs> <laughs> okay well i don't yeah so can i call hey, you bobby, bobby? Yeah, yeah, Skidmore. You can always call me Bobby. Always we always call you that. It's easier. There you go. So we're here with Skids and Bobby, and you guys killed it. Um, uh, so Skids, talk to me about the beginning of the tournament. Did you practice? Did you whatever? And then just start at the beginning of the day and just kind of talk to me about like how it went. All right. I did have a practice day Friday. Um, it was. It wasn't terrible. I had um, pre-marked some waypoints on my fish finder um, a couple days before, um, and the lake's giant. So, I mean, like, I tried to keep it a, a couple of areas, basically. And one of the areas I wanted to visit was maybe mid-lake to further north. The other one was out down towards the dam. I never made it to the dam end um, because the lake's just giant. It took me a long time to cover all the water I wanted to cover in practice. I did cover water, um, power fishing for the most part in practice. I didn't really have a great practice, but it was decent. I mean, it was maybe in the low 70-ish range on my best five. And me and, me and Hannigan were both out there practicing at the same time because we were you know, going to go head-to-head on the bracket brawl at the same time as the tournament and get that taken care of. Um, and we both kind of got worn out and hot and tired, and we were like, you know what? let's just head in. We kind of both head in from practice about maybe 1230 or one o'clock, but 
Um, I had enough information, I felt like, to like be able to put something together for a limit at least um, going into the tournament. I thought the tournament might be kind of tough. Um, tournament day, I got to get to my spot, and we had a one-hour head start on the bass boat situation that was going to be out there with 110 bass boats fishing mosquito madness. Um, so we got a head start on them for, for about an hour. Uh, I felt pretty good about my first spot. I thought I could pull a full limit out of that spot. I just needed to do it fast. I felt like before those guys got there and, uh, that didn't happen that way. It never happens the way you want it to. Uh, I caught two keepers there, uh, 15 and a quarter and a 13 and a half. And I started to, I just beat the area to death. And I was like, the bass boats were there by that time. I was like, man, I got to get out of here. By the time I had two fish, I mean, the bass boats were there when I picked up my second keeper. I uh, caught a short fish in the first five minutes I couldn't use, obviously. And then the 15 and a quarter came by like 637 or something. The other keeper was shortly after seven. The bass boats were already there. I beat the area to death, never picked up another fish. And I was like, man, I got a split. I'm going to go to this other spot. By the time I get there, there's 15 bass boats there and another kayak angler that I'm a friend with. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to move in on this. I'll, I'll go up a little bit further up North and try to catch at this point, just try to pull a small limit if I could. I'd caught a couple small fish in practice up there. And I also was checking out some water I hadn't seen. So I got a little bit just maybe kind of in desperation mode at this point. And I had ended up going up there and killing an hour and a half. I didn't catch anything. Didn't really like a lot, a lot of what I saw. And, uh, by this time it's getting to be about 1130. So I'm, I know that it's starting to set on set in that it might not be my day. And I'm looking at the leaderboard and I'm seeing Billy Chambers, Robert Weicker in the lead. Robin's one fish away. Robin Harrell's one fish away from like taking the lead at this point. I'm like, I'm just starting to root for some people a little bit. Right. Um, well, I went back to that spot that I tried to fish my second spot and it had cleared out a little bit. And I came up on uh, my first waypoint, which was completely clear and made one cast and caught a 13 and a half incher. So I was like, all right, I need two more, you know, to at least fill my bag. Six casts later, I caught a 16 and a quarter. So I was only one away and the very next cast was a 17 and a half. So that was the limit. And then the very next cast after that was another 17 and a half. And then six casts after that was a 16 and a quarter. So just like that, I was maybe in 13th place with two fish. And the last time I checked it to being up like nine inches and in the lead. And I was pretty much shaken at that, that point. I was like, it happened pretty fast. I mean, I, I dropped the limit in like 15 minutes. Like I just got on a school of fish all in one spot. And, uh, it was kind of stuff you dream about, I guess on tournament day. And then, from that point, I had to, uh, I'd caught another, a couple keepers throughout the day after that. But at that point, I was kind of just hoping Bobby wasn't going to gun me down because he started to make a move there. And uh, I, I've seen him do that before. So uh, I knew when he put 117 something in there, I was like, oh man, he's on him because he's probably going to have another 17 any minute. So luckily, right, he didn't, uh, he ran out of time, luckily. He did run out of time, but Bobby, talk talk to me about the beginning. We know what Skid's morning looked like and then through his day. Talk to me about how your day kind of unfolded. Well, 
to start out with practice. I showed up at uh, like four o'clock at the campground. Never seen Mosquito Lake in my life. Me, Chris English, and Kyle McElarney just went out, started looking, and I didn't like anything that I was seeing. I don't. I like different styles of grass. I didn't really like the hard grass lines I was looking at because there was ninety-seven thousand bass boats sitting on them, and. We fished for like an hour and a half, and English all of a sudden messaged me. He said, hey, where are you at? I said, I'm done. I'm going to go to the campground and hang out. He said, I just found 18, 18.75 and a 17. I looked over my shoulder where he was, and I was like, hmm, something to do that. So I started making casts exactly where I was, which was kind of in reference to the same thing he was, and I caught three keepers just right now, like bang, 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 a couple 17s and an 18, and I was like, well, there's the deal. I'm 70 here, 75 yards to the boat ramp. Hopefully they're there in the morning. So tournament morning, we get out there, and I'm sitting next to Matt Davis. And he said, do you really think these fish are here right now? In my opinion, those fish weren't. They don't live there. I think they're pushed there by the pressure. I don't think that there's anything there to hold them there. I don't think there's a lot of food there. I think the pressure just moves them from their home in that grass where we were at. And I told Matt, I was like, nope, I don't think any of them's here. He's like, why, why the heck are we sitting here? I said, because my gut is telling me to be sitting. Like, good enough for me. So, tournament starts. 6.03, caught a keeper. 6.05 or 6, caught another keeper. 6.12, caught another keeper. 6.30 something, caught another keeper. 7.05, I got a limit. I looked at Matt and I was like, hey, fish are here. <laughs> and you were sitting not far from me. You kind of seen some of that playing out. I was actually talking to you, I think, on my fourth one, which is a 1625. I caught them all on a protect crafter spinnerbait. I just started just chucking and winding. And uh, then about, I don't know, I called a bunch of times. I caught a lot of fish. I caught, I caught a bunch of keepers, but they were all, they were all, well, I call them clones. They were all 13 inches, 14 inches. And at about 11.30, I looked at the leaderboard. I was winning all day. And at 11.30, yeah, I was like, dear Jesus, I'm nine inches behind. And my wife messaged me. She's like, how's it going? I said, uh, Skidmore just took a nine-inch a nine lead. She said, well, that was quick. <laughs> she said, what are you going to do about that? I was like, I don't know. So I'm kind of in panic mode. I pulled out of my plan. My game plan moved over to another area. called a big, giant pike. You've seen that one. And then uh, I looked over at a spot that I've been watching all day. And it's actually where me and you met up at a little bit earlier that day. I caught six more short keepers. And nobody else had finished the spot. All day. Bass boats went around it. Kayakers went around it. Nobody went the gun of it. So I just went over there and started casting again. My wife told me I was going to catch three eighteen, three casts, and I told her I'm glad she doesn't gamble because we broke. And uh, I caught a seventeen, and then a fifteen seven five, and then a seventeen two five, and there's twenty minutes left in the tournament. I'm down by less than two inches on Skidmore. I'm getting pretty excited, going a little crazy, casting and chucking and winding as hard as I could. And then at two minutes till the tournament's over, I hit my motor with my spinnerbait. It exploded, and I decided it was time to stop fishing. So my day was pretty exciting. Caught a lot of keepers. Had a really good time. I called Skidmore as soon as the tournament's over. I said, hey, buddy. And he's like, dude, what in the world? <laughs> so it was, it was pretty exciting. It was a lot of fun. Can't yeah. say that I, I didn't have any bad moments that might have cost me nothing. I fished really clean. Just had a good day. A lot better day than I expected, considering I've never seen the lake before. And I had like two hours of practice. So. I mean, great job for sure. Um, it's it's cool to hear that you had a clean day 
everyone wants that during a tournament. Skidmore, did you have a clean day or did you miss any big ones? No, pra- practice was 100% clean. So was the tournament. I never lost a single fish. It, that's also, I mean, at the end of a lot of tournaments, you hear about and have been in the position where you've lost a good one a lot of times. I mean, like, it's a super, I mean, it's fishing, right? I mean, it happens. There's those days. And if I think back to a lot of tournaments that I ended up doing well in, like, it was usually on the end of a clean fishing day. A lot of people, like, that fish this trail, like, there's a lot of talent in this trail, I feel like. And, like, anybody can win one of these things and, like, a lot of times it might just come down to that. Like you got to get your fish in the boat and it just, I didn't use a net the entire day. So I, (laughs) as I've been, you know, and I'm a net guy, right. Ever since I've been in a kayak, but since I'm standing with that motor guy now, 99% of the time and a hundred percent of the time, pretty much when I'm fishing, like, it just gets in your head that, man, if you're using a particular bait that you feel more comfortable with, with boat flipping a fish, when it doesn't have to get that much, it doesn't have to get over that, you know, a, a big, a taller side of a bass boat. It's just got to get over the side of that OB. It, I like to use that momentum if I can. I mean, these weren't 20 inches. I mean, like either. So that, that probably helped, but I, I was kind of in that same way in practice i was like man i'm boat flipping these fish i'm just gonna let the momentum carry carry them into the boat and uh hopefully that goes okay if i would have lost one doing that i probably would have you know (laughs) taken myself in the butt but yeah and then that never happens i've never had a tournament where i boat flipped every fish hey everyone that's listening that's newer to kayak bass fishing and tournaments um keep using your net do not do what skidmore's (laughs) doing he is a trained professional (laughs) I tell my buddies all the time whenever they're reeling in a fish, I'm yelling at all my buddies that just started. I'm like, hey, get your net ready. When that fish makes that initial run, then reach for your nets, get it ready. And and I could, I mean, I boat flipped a bunch, but every fish that I thought was a coal went straight. I was a chance. And three of them came out, was, weren't even hooked when I got them out of the net, which isn't saying much because they come, they can come on hooked in the net pretty easy. But three of them I took out of the net with no hook in it. So I don't yeah. care. If you're fishing a swim bait, a jig, a swim jig, or anything like that, just boat flip. Yeah, don't do it with a spinner just bait. Boat, you'll, break, you'll, break wires, you'll break arms. You'll break everything if you throw. If you try to do it. Before we talk more about the day that you guys had, um, I want to talk about your your pike that you caught because my initial thought was there's like two or three boats kind of huddled up there, and I think that's against KBF rules. I might be able to get them all DQ'd. We were on lunch break, remember? Right. I thought you were on lunch break, but I was like, what are they doing? It kind of felt like you guys were, you know, taking a lunch break and like I wasn't invited. <laughs> well, we tried to yell for Banana Billy and let him know. But yeah, yeah that, that pike was cool. I wanted to catch a pike while we were there and he bit literally two flips from the boat, drilled the spinnerbait, almost took my rod. I got a little slow-mo video out where I was reaching the square. When I stepped the hook, I was trying to get my hands on my rod and I it was just madness for about 15 seconds. And then he just laid over. He was like, all right, fine. You got me. But he's about 35 inches. And it's pretty neat. I've never caught a big. I've caught a bunch. I always catch one at East Harbor every tournament. And, and I've never caught I've never caught a, a good one. But it was pretty, pretty exciting. I thought that I had my 20 that I needed to 
wax old skin more until he about broke my arm and I realized there's no way it's large mouth. <laughs> right. And then um Kyle caught caught a uh yeah, he bike caught like as a well. 32 or 33 inch or two and he's never caught I don't think he's ever caught one either. So yeah. Skids, did you catch any non bass fish? Uh not in the tournament, not a not in a, not a single one. In practice I did I caught a pike. I uh, had one break me off when I shouldn't have set the hook, but I instinctively set the hook because I saw it grab it next to the boat. And then I had that happen again later in practice, and I did not set the hook, and it spit it right out. So the first time cost the first time I set the hook cost cost me eighteen bucks. So I, uh, I didn't want to do that again. Also, I was short on that color. I had a uh, two left after that. So needless to say, I made an order. I got my order today. You had two left of that one, and I literally only own two of each of my favorite colors. I need I, to buy some. There was, there was definitely a color I liked for that situation, but, like, um, I mean, I, I power fit. I mean, I was going to die by that chatterbait for this tournament, like, for the most part. I mean, I felt like I just – I knew I was going to throw it a lot in practice. I knew I wanted to cover a lot of water since like, I'd never seen the place either. And I mean, in practice, I don't care. Like if I have a day where I don't catch a lot of fish or whatever, I don't care. I mean, it's just about gathering information and eliminating at least get, getting something to build a plan for the tournament day that you might be like at least semi-confident in. And that is confidence in like just I mean, the mental part of the game is giant. I mean, just being in the right I mean, I knew there was a time in that tournament during the day that, like I said, I started to root for Billy, started to root for Wyker, I started to root for Rob, and I was like, man, I want to see these people do well. I wanted Billy to get a win because, you know, he he would have got his first win. And, like, just like Clyde did, you know, East Harbor, I was like, man, I saw him, like, spanking him, and I was like, oh, man, I was like, dude, keep this going. I was like, I want to see you finish this thing up. And it bounced around a little bit up there and then he ended up pulling it off. So I was pretty, I mean, I was excited as can be about that. I love seeing like uh, anglers in our trail that haven't won one, win one. It was fun watching Matt and Billy catch fish. Absolutely. Cause Matt, Matt hates lakes and it's all he says is it's not my wheelhouse and this and that. But when Matt got his limit, I'm pretty sure everybody on Mosquito Lake knew about it. <laughs> that Billy that's one like Matt. Billy, you caught one. At like before six ten, didn't you? You caught one early on a topwater bait, didn't you? Yeah, I, I've um, I've thrown the topwater in the morning before, and then I abandoned it after like five minutes. So lines in at six, and at six oh five, I'm like, ah, forget this. So I told my well, I told myself I'm gonna no, it was a whopper. So well, when I, I a whopper you, plopper. When I know? seen you throwing the whopper plopper, and I seen you catch one, I I picked up a buzz bait right now. And I threw it about 10 gas and I put it back down. Yeah, see? <laughs> I, I did throw a top water for – I made 10 casts of the top water at one point during that tournament in an area that I thought it looked like I had to do it. But that was the only 10 casts that I made during that tournament where it wasn't with the chatter rate. <laughs> I mean, like, I was – I pretty much – the way they didn't practice, just the way they were getting it, I was like, I have to stick with this and hope that I hit a window. I mean, when you get these weedy lakes, like we, we've been, we fish a couple times a year, a weedy lake, right? I mean, there's more feeding windows, it seems like, than a typical lake in Ohio. Like if you, 
if you're in a good spot or the spot when that window opens up, then it can happen fast. So like, even though I was rooting for you guys, I mean, I wasn't putting my rod down. I was like, I wanted, I was hoping obviously I could at least fill a limit. I didn't expect that to go off like it did. That was the luck part of the game. You know, I mean, you get, you got to have a lot of things go your way and that, and one of them has got to be luck. You got to have some things go your way, be, you know, besides just being in the right place, you got to get everything in the boat. You got to fish clean. You got to get lucky. I mean, that's, I don't know. It was, it was pretty exciting. Like I said, I mean, those weren't giants I was catching, but they were quality tournament fish and my, and I was shaking, like literally shaking. I was like, what is going on here, man? I'm out of school. I texted my wife and I'm like, after I got had gotten the lead, I was like, I can't believe this. I, I'm on a school. And then she texted me something. I didn't check it. And then it was just, it was, it happened fast. 15, literally 15 minutes from 1204 to 1219. I had caught another limit and culled four fish. And luckily Weicker didn't get on his, uh, his little barrage early enough. Cause like he was, he was coming fast right there. It's a good thing I didn't get that third big one whenever I realized that I submitted my 17.25 to the wrong tournament. That would have cost me all of it. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. I figured out, Billy, I figured out what happened to that fish. I submitted it to the uh, year-long black bass instead of Mosquito Creek. Well, how you doing in the year-long black bass, then? I don't, I don't know. I, or something. <laughs> I, I haven't been fishing with a big fish all yet. I was supposed to say. These uh, – these lovely children that I love so much are having sports activities on my strip mines weekends. So it's oh. so thankful to go and love them to death. They're costing me monthly tournaments. <laughs> We're back. We took a short break and Bobby has deer behind him. I know we're on audio, not video, but I think there's deer. I think there's deer back there, Bobby. <laughs> they're, they're coming. They'll be here in a little bit. Yeah. I don't see him yet. I know on some of the other podcasts with BKFT, I've really talked about getting to know some anglers that, you know, just getting to know people, getting to know kind of where they got their start. Let's just start there and we'll start with, start with Bobby, Big Bath Bobby. How did you get into, when did you start fishing and how did you get into kayak fishing? Um, I've been fishing my whole life ever since I was a kid. My, my heck, my mom used to take me down to the lake and drop me off when she left for work, pick me up when she got home, swing by and check me on her lunch break, making sure I was still where I was supposed to be. Uh, I didn't. That kept me out of trouble, I can tell you that much. It kept, kept me pretty busy, but kayak fishing, uh, it would have been 2011. I fished my first tournament. Craig Dye put it on in Nashville, Tennessee, called the Cold Hands Classic, and it was middle of the winter. It was cold. And when I showed up to the boat ramp, never known any of these guys, <clears throat> Craig and his crew, and I knew Craig, Ron Champion was there. I knew all those guys from Facebook. They ran over because I car tossed my kayak in. They helped me unload my kayak. They went over my gear. They, I mean, I had a Lowrance 4 depth finder, a little four-inch screen, and I didn't have any high-tech stuff, and they made me feel like a freaking superstar. Because I had these guys that gave a dang about me, and they showed me. I mean, they were talking about how my electronics were set up, and you know. And from then on, it's been I mean, it's the rest is history. Like I, I felt like they made me feel good about being. I was I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a five thousand dollar kayak or anything, and they had all these sweet setups back then. When I mean, a sweet setup back then, you were pedaling. If you were if you were the pedal guy, everybody thought you were a hero. 
<laughs> but yeah, was, that was 2011, and I fished with their club for a few years. And I started a club in Tennessee, uh, Central Tennessee Kayak Anglers. It's still going pretty strong right now. And I fished with Southern Mid Tennessee Kayak Anglers. And I moved back back here, and I in Ohio, and I didn't uh, I didn't fish for a couple years. And something was missing in my life. I've been a fighter. I've always, I've always been competing. I've always been a competitor. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm going to go check out a BKFT tournament. And I loaded up and went. And those guys welcomed me, made me feel great. You know, and it, it, like I've known them all for 20 years. I just met everybody. And ever since then, that was three years ago. I fished one at the end of the season at Alan Crick. I know it was Hoover. That was my first BKFT event. Last year, I fished pretty much the full trail, and this year, the same thing. And you said you started your own trail down there? Yeah, I fished – well, I fished um, Southern Med Tennessee Kayak Anglers in 2015, and that was my local club, and I drove over 5,000 miles that year, so that's how local they were. And I won Angler of the Year in their club. I had multiple second places, never a win, and – I couldn't afford to drive like that the next season. It's so much driving for that being my local club. Kind of how BKFT is now. You guys' closest tournaments, two hours away. Most tournaments are three to four. But there's really nothing down here in southeast Ohio in the armpit of bass fishing. <laughs> I mean, we got AEP. But other than that, our lakes are tough. There's nothing down here fun to fish, really. But, um, yeah, I fished with it. And I started my club. And it was kind of a joint club with Southern Mid-Tennessee Kayak Anglers. So it took off really well. We did like four joint events a year. So I had their 50 guys and our 30 guys and had 80 guy tournaments. And it's still running strong now. They're running 40 or 50 guys a tournament. There's so many clubs in Tennessee. If you've got a 50 guy tournament trail, you're you're running one because there you could fish a kayak tournament in middle Tennessee six days a week, pretty much, if you want to drive a little bit. It's wide open down there. Wow, man, that that's really cool. And I don't know, I, I remember I remember the first time I met you or the first time I had a really long conversation with you and everything that you're talking about is like spot on just the way that you were introduced. And it seems like you really pay it forward. I mean, I fished boat tournaments for a long time. I fished FLW for a full season two years ago. Yeah. We all hang out in the hotel parking lots and we're all talking and doing our thing. They're also all fishing for a hundred thousand dollars. And the camaraderie, it's there, but the comp- the competition is a lot more hardcore. Like, they all want to just – they're – I mean, I'm going to win. They don't look at the leaderboard when they're having a bad day and say, I want Robert to win or I want Billy to win. They look at the leaderboard and say, I'm going to kill some – I need to catch some fish. Like, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had fun doing that, but I'm getting back in a, in a plastic boat. It's fine, and I love it. And I get to take my daughter this year, and that's – that's going to be, that's exciting. I'm, I'm glad to have her with me. So pass it down. Heck yeah, man. I, I would, I want to talk more about that with your, um, your daughter and just your kids and getting them all involved. But before that, I, I want to tell you that I've also never thought I want Robert to win. I've always thought I want Billy to win. So we share. <laughs> you had your limit, I was excited for you. I can tell you that. Much. And I even, I told Matt Davis, I said, Holy crap. I said, Billy's like right behind us. Cause it was me. Matt, Kyle, and Billy, or me, it was, I was leading, and then Matt, Kyle, and Billy in some order was right behind us, and I was like, dude, we're all within eyesight of each other, we're fishing the same spot, and we're top four at like 10.30. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and since you brought up 1030, so none of us had any idea what was about to happen. This is a good transition over to back over to Skids. <laughs> he said that's no. that's how the day ended up. So Skids, um, I don't know, same same question, man. How do you you probably have some experience with big boat as well, but how'd you get into fishing? And then how'd you get into kayak fishing? Just as a kid. I mean, like same thing. I mean, since I can remember I was fishing, I mean, since I was old enough to hold a fishing rod, I was like bluegill fishing. We go on vacation up in upstate New York and at our Adirondacks at Lake George every year for two weeks. And that's pretty much what I did. Like almost 90% of the time I was on the docks fishing for bluegills, sunfish, anything I could catch from the docks. I mean, like it was um, just, I, I mean, it's just what I wanted to do. Like I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and then over time, you know, my dad and I, you know, we got a little bit more serious about the bass fish, the bass fishing part of it. And, um, you know, started to fish, you know, eventually we were fishing tournaments and like, you know, Skidmore and Skidmore weren't winning any tournaments. I'm telling you right now, like, you know, back, back then, you know, before, before our kayak days when I was bass fishing in the tournaments, like I agree, like just to touch on a little bit of what you know, Bobby said before, like the bass boat game was definitely um, a little bit more cutthroat from a tournament standpoint, not just a little bit. I mean, people were fishing for money and um, that's what I liked about this. You know, like I had a, a kayak for a couple of years before I realized there were kayak fishing trails and a uh, bass fishing trail specifically. And, uh, I had a ranger, I had a little ranger bass boat, you know, that, um, I just, you know, really didn't, all I wanted to do was fish in the kayak. I mean, like a buddy and I, uh, decided to be talked about it for a couple of years. We finally got some boats and got, you know, they weren't the boats we have now, you know, but they got us on the water and, you know, we got addicted to it. I mean, just something different about catching a fish in a kayak and just getting, you know, even, even when we're fishing lakes that we could have fished in a bass boat, it's just, it feels different. And then I found out about this tournament scene and all that, you know, BKFT was the first, you know, trail that I ever fished. Um, I think 2014 or 2015 might've been my first year with, you know, BKFT, I think maybe 2014. And, uh, it was, um, just the camping thing, you know, the first Brad Lehman was the first person ever walked up to me and introduced himself. Like as the first person I ever met from BKFT in person, like, and I was like, man, this is all right. I, I went to fish a BKFT crappie event, which I don't crappie fish. Anybody knows me knows I don't crappie fish. I suck at it. Like I got skunked in the tournament. I just didn't care. I was like, I bought some gear to go crappie fish. And I was just like, man, I want to go like just to, meet everybody you know and i know i'm going to fish this trail this year and like that was awesome and, and it's been like that ever since i mean the camping part of it the you know the i know the word gets thrown around all the time and i i talk about it to exhaustion about the brotherhood of this game and all that like i know that i understand that the kayak thing there's gonna it's getting a little more cutthroat you know in some of the upper ranks and things like that some of the national scene and all that but um I don't ever want it to lose that, you know, just, and it doesn't seem like it is too much, you know, at this point, the people still talk about, it's not just about the money. It's about the time together, you know, get in the house together, going camping together, um, you know, having a couple of beers, eating some good food experience, like having a good experience. I've had some pretty crappy tournaments where I let, came home 
and felt like, man, that was a fun weekend. And just felt like I was you know, a little bit recharged when we got home, you know? So, yeah, uh, you know, it was me, my dad, my buddy in the bass boat growing up. My one of my high school, best best high school friends, Brad, and we would, uh, you know, me and Brad might be out partying, you know, Friday night, like until the sun comes up, and then we'd come sneak in the house and jump in the recliners and uh, act like we were sleeping when my dad's alarm went off. And he'd come out, <laughs> and we'd be like, "Oh man, is it time?" You know, we we didn't even sleep that night. We just get up and go. We'd go to Cowan Lake or you know something. And go fishing the next day and now you know they know they understand that i got into this kayak game and they still you know that brad is my dad's tournament partner for the you know the tournaments they fish now so and they have won some tournaments you know like skidmore and skidmore never has won one though so i kind of feel like i want to get one of those in at some point i don't fish with my dad in the bass boat as much as i should we get tied up with our own schedules and stuff like that with the tournaments and all that, you know, talk about it, you know, over some dinner or something like that. But, you know, it's my dad that got me into this. And I mean, I I'm addicted to say the least. <laughs> I love sorry, it, man. A little, little long winded there, but sorry, sorry about no, that. No, no, no. That, that's perfect. And um, Bobby, just to kind of circle back to what you were talking about, it's fun to hear his kids talk about him and his dad getting into it because you recently bought a, a second kayak for your daughter yep. who is about to go off and, you know, protect all of us, yep. right? But sure uh, talk to us a little bit about that experience. Um, <laughs> give me goosebumps even saying that. I'm so proud of her. She uh, She's getting ready to go to the Navy and she wanted to go, she wants to go now and she's 17 years old and she did uh, her senior and junior year this year. She did. She did. She wanted to. She was able to combine two years and do two of everything: two math classes, two English, two all this. All I mean, she worked her butt off this year. And then this summer is going to be her last summer home until she gets deployed. And she asked me if she could come camping with us. She just wanted to go camping. I said yeah. I said you can hang out with all of us. And then she said, "Well, I want to fish in tournaments." And I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> it's tough getting one person ready you know whenever you've got to get two kayaks rigged so when i plug into a, a campsite i've got five batteries now to charge you have five batteries to worry about and you've got so much and i want to run the gopros so you're looking at two more sets of batteries i was like deal she said i want to make my last summer home and i want to go travel with you all summer so we got a hold of dustin at raccoon creek hanging out there by the fire at the tournament and he had a Jackson Yupik sitting there and we made a deal and we put a rear mounted Newport vessels motor because I wanted her to have a motor because I wanted her to have a bailout option if things get bad. I don't want to have to cut anybody's tournament days. I don't want to have to worry about nothing. I want to be able to say, hey, there's the boat ramp, turn your motor on high, go that direction and you're going to be on the safe ground because our first tournament was East West Harbor. Well, it was supposed to be East West Harbor, but we were worried about the wind and didn't want her to get out of there. So she will be at Nemesella, and she's going to finish that tournament with us because we're not going to make it to Seneca. So, but yeah, she's going to spend her last summer fishing with old dad before she hits the road. I'm pretty excited about it. It'll be a good time. Yeah, man. And you talk about like giving you goosebumps. Now you're, you're just, <laughs> you're trying to make, cause I've got, I've got four kids. I got two boys, two girls. 
Skidmore's got two girls, right? Two girls. Yep. 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 You're you're, you're trying uh, to make us. No, we're the other one. One of those is going to OU, and the other one's gonna be turning sixteen soon. So yeah, I got. There's a lot of hormones flying around here. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. yeah, I've got four. I got two girls and two boys. And that's the other good thing is I've got the kayak built right now for the seventeen-year-old. As soon as she ships out, I got a thirteen-year-old boy who's ready to rock and roll. He knows that next year's his, so he'll be hopping in and he'll be following. He'll be hanging out with. Old, I mean, it's you might as well. Figure the rest of my kayak fishing career, there's going to be one of my children with me, at least until my seven-year-old. So what do we got? 12 more years, 11 more years. So we'll see where he goes when he's 18. Yeah, man. I, um, today is my my baby. I told you guys I have four. Today is my baby. Uh, it's his 12th birthday today. Well. And I'm like, Whoa. what? How how'd that happen? So I'm gonna impress my wife. I've got a, I've got real quick. I'm gonna leave this off. I have seven, eleven, thirteen, and seventeen. I'm probably wrong on one of those, but we'll see. Can you name the years? I couldn't even name the birthday. <laughs> Facebook tells me that two days ahead of time. <laughs> you know, you know what's fun, and it's Skidmore could probably like what's fun is when you go to the doctor and you only take one kid with you. And they're like, what's the birthday? And you're like, um, um, and then you, you look like a horrible parent. <laughs> I always just tell them, let me look at Facebook. My memory is always telling. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad at the year. When I'm on the spot like that, when I'm picking up a prescription or something, I, I do that. Like, I totally do that, man. And then I feel like such a fool. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot right now. Uh, I know when my kid was born, I was there. <laughs> What what was- I post to Facebook all the time for publicity. I just do it so that I can reference back real fast. Be like, oh, yeah, my kid is born this day. Happy birthday. Uh, real quick, guys. I, I love that that Bobby brought up the first tournament of the year where we fished. And I know we, we um, down at Raccoon Creek, and we also have our title sponsor is Strictly Sale. And you know what? Ohio, we, we talk about how far we drive to tournaments. If you think about Cincinnati to Mosquito Creek or all the way up to Lake Erie down to, you know, Raccoon Creek, this Ohio is a lot bigger than a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe not, but it's huge when you live down here in the southeast corner. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's big. Ohio. Ohio is pretty big. So if there's if there's only two or maybe there's a couple others that I don't know about, but I think it's kind of cool that we have Raccoon Creek and Strictly Sale. So I'm going to give you guys each because both of you have some interest in each one of those. So I'm going to start with skids and let skids talk just a little bit about strictly sale. And then we'll go over to Bobby. I mean, I've obviously got strictly sale behind me. I, those guys are awesome. I mean, I, I love them. I can't, I mean, I can't say enough about what they do, you know, to help me out with this, this whole thing. And um, I love, you know, spending time with them at, you know, the shows and obviously COVID has been, you know, kind of put a, kind of put a dent in some of that time, you know, some of the, on some of the outdoor shows and boat shows and things like that. But so I miss that, but um, they're killing it over there. I mean, anyway, you know, it's uh, COVID means uh, you're either a camper or angler, it seems like, because the lake traffic sure does indicate that. But I mean, um, 
I can't thank them enough for, you know, just helping me out. I just actually got a new boat coming this weekend. Uh, I, I had to go ahead and get get a hold of one of those Hobie Lynxes for the river. Then come fish with me at the strip lines. I'm thinking about, like, I thought that crossed, it crossed my mind that we may need to, that, that seems like a pretty good AEP boat to me. Absolutely. We need to do it. I, I would love to do that. Um, now I got a probably a little bit easier platform for that, you know, for that situation. I remember Travis Belcher used to ask me, Hey, come to AEP, come to AEP. And like, I had this big Hobie PA 14, you know, which I still have, but like, I don't, that I didn't want to, I guess I didn't want to like, you know, throw that in the back of the truck and then go, you know, four wheeling through a bunch of mud and stuff and then be covered in mud and ticks and then like have to clean everything up when I got home. I would never take that boat there ever. It'd scare the crap out of me. I mean, not to mention whatever I got to hike through to get to the water. So like, you know, now I got a platform, maybe it's a little bit better for that, but I'm pretty excited to get that thing. I don't know. I'm pumped. I mean, Dakota lithium, um, and the motor guide set up, I have my, my PA is in Wiker's got the same type of deal on it. New canoe. It's like, it's, it, it's fantastic. I mean, like I held off as long as I could on a motor, but since the game allows it, I mean, I, I felt like I started to feel like I was at a disadvantage. And now that I have it, like I, I would hate to lose it. I, I love um, being able to stand and fish hundred percent of the time that spot lock and just, the control I have with that motor from the standing position is like, I hate to give that back. You know, they do a great Brian and the Tacy's, you know, like over at strictly sale, they do, they really do a good job. They have a lot of stuff. They stock a lot of things for starters. They typically have things in stock when you need it and emergency comes up and two, they just make things right. I mean, they do everything they can to make things right. If something goes wrong, I mean, and that's all you can ask for. Brian's a big giant. He's a big giant guy, but you don't need to be scared of him. You can shake his hand. He won't, he won't squeeze your hand off. Like I thought he would. He looks like he might, but he's right. a good dude. He's a really super nice guy. Bobby, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, Raccoon Creek. Well, one thing about Raccoon Creek is that I've been going around there for a little over a year. And the first time I went there was the BKFT tournament last year, which of course, Skidmore won. <clears throat> Let me just say, I love that. I love Raccoon Creek. Not to cut you off, I love that place. It's a. I love the venue. I love they take care of us so well every time. I mean, it's it's awesome out there. It's awesome. And Dustin's like a good to, dude. He's also a big boy too. I like yeah. to say Raccoon Creek is country. <laughs> like when you walk in there, you feel like that at any second you're going to be served a plate of biscuits and gravy from Bobby. And if you walk in in the morning or if you walk in in the afternoon, you might get some turnip greens and some pulled pork. But there's there's never any lack of camaraderie when you walk into that shop. It doesn't matter who's there, how busy they are. If Dustin or Bobby's in there and Matt Davis is in there all the time and everybody knows Matt Davis can talk. And anytime you walk through the door, Raccoon Creek, you're never, ever going to feel like that you're not somebody. And that's what as soon as I got there. And walked in, I was I was almost like I, I asked Bobby where the camping was. She's like, you ever been here before? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, this and this, just drive up and camp anywhere you want to. So awkwardly enough, I rolled through the campground. And then there's Reed Carpenter and all those guys, Matt Davis. And then Matt yells something about 
it wasn't Big Bass Bobby then, but he yelled something at me. And then it's just the family atmosphere you get from that place is just unbelievable. And they've got so many accessories on the walls. They've got all the Yak stuff you can ever imagine. And then they got an unbelievable amount of new canoes, bona fides, crescents. And um, like uh, Skidmore was saying about Strictly Sale, if you've got, if you ever, if, if you ever need something done, they make it right. Like, Say you get something and you're having a problem with it. Dustin goes as far over, as far above and beyond as anybody in the world to make sure that you're going to be happy with what you walk out the door with. And if something happens, he's going to make sure you're happy with the end result regardless. And you talk about a workhorse. If you've not been to Racken Creek and went and drove around the property or been there on kayak day when everything shows up, Dustin works his freaking tail off. But he also makes enough time just to hang out, talk to to everybody and feed you you're never going to go hungry at raccoon creek regardless so and, and the other thing about them is when i go there and i always bring my kids i love to bring my kids out there because when i go there and i go work on kayaks for people and other customers and help people out with stuff i walk through the door and i never even turn my head wonder where my kids are because they're always in good hands because there's always somebody there they're always playing they're hanging out in the woods they're hanging out in the creek and there's never no worries about nothing so that's, I just, I like to say it's just country. <laughs> it's like walking up on your buddy's farm, just hang out, turn your kids loose. So here, we go have fun. See you at dinner. Exactly. Time for kids to be kids. So, yeah, and, their, and their community fire pit is priceless. So every night there's always a big ring around the big bonfire. It's just a cool place to go hang out and they have everything. So it's beautiful out there. It's beautiful out there for sure. I love it out there. They take awesome care of us. It's it is one of my favorite places to, I mean, like the hangout tournament wise. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And like Skidmore was saying about his motor and that stuff, I would not have my new canoe with an XI3 on if it wasn't for Dustin and those guys. They really cut me a good deal. They took care of me, got my tournament rig built. I switched over this year to new canoe. And another thing, if you guys are looking for new canoes and you can't find that 36 inch shaft with GPS that everybody wants, buy the Buy the motor guy without the GPS, jump on Amazon, buy the GPS, add it to it. It's the same price and it's the easiest upgrade ever. And a lot of guys are missing out on getting their motor guys because they're so far behind because they want that GPS. Buy the one without it. It literally takes 10 minutes to put the GPS on it. Go to Amazon, order it, be there next day. It's and I mean, that's the easiest upgrade in the world. I've sold, had two buddies of mine that wanted them. They went to Rackham Creek, got the non-GPS version, and they had GPS. They had the same motor guide that we all have in less than 15 minutes. So there don't you cut your short thinking it's a hard upgrade. It's simple. Yeah, it's and it, it, if you can't, but if you can't, if you can't figure it out, just uh, Robert Weicker. Yes, know. Google it. It's, there's yeah. a video on YouTube that I use. It's really simple. So Yeah, and you, I, I have something else I want to talk about, but real quick, um, I know we have a uh, line out custom tackle we'll talk about that later you also have a uh, youtube channel right bobby what's your youtube channel and wikers outdoors i kept it simple wikers outdoors yep and it's it's not nothing i want to do a whole lot with but it's it's fun you know i've never i've never been into the uploading and the and the editing and all that stuff because i always got aggravated with it and tossed it aside till finally got some some pros in the business to teach me how to edit a little bit better so yeah it's been it's been fun we got 15 20 videos on there and they're just our life, pretty much. My child, my kid's first deer, and my daughter's first catfish, and all kinds of stuff. Just keeping the memories on, on the internet. I have something going on. I want to tell you guys that Raccoon Creek is um, their 
sponsoring the leader the leaderboard this year. So if you go on bugeyekayakfishingtrail.com and you look up the any any one of the three series that we have, the tour series, the online series, or the multi-species, you will find that it's the Raccoon Creek leaderboard, which is pretty cool. But also we are, because we've been talking about Raccoon Creek and Strictly Sale, Strictly Sale is the title sponsor. So we need to give away two $50 gift cards because I was supposed to do that down at Mosquito Creek and we didn't do it. So we're going to do it right now. What I'm, I have the, anyway, my phone says zero. Oh, there, there it is. is. Right there. That angle. Zero. I'm going to shake my phone. It's going to display a number. And then I'm going to go to Turney X from Mosquito Creek and see who finished in that spot. Every single angler is eligible for this. So I'm going to shake my phone. And 36. 36. So the first winner of the Strictly Sale gift card is Angler 36. So let's go down. I hope that's me. I don't think it was me. No, I got it. <laughs> uh, Brandy Stewart. Do you guys know Brandy? We just we just met Wayne and Brandy Stewart on the oh, camp. You're right. You're right. Brandy and Wayne yeah. were sitting there at my little flurry at the end. And Brandy and Wendy were those two were sitting there right next to me watching that go down whenever, whenever I caught those last day. Well, Brandy also had 26 in three quarter. Um, and she finished 36th, and she gets $50 to strictly sale. This is Congrats. fun. You guys want to do it again? Let's do it again. We got to do it. We got to do another one. We got to shake it. Shake. Oh, there it goes. 28. 28. You said it. I didn't. So let's go to 28. Oh boy. 28 is Ryan Parker. <laughs> Ryan Parker is the second. Winner of the, let's see what Ryan did. Ryan had 28 and three quarter. So congratulations to Ryan and Brandy. They will get $50 each to Strictly Sale. And you know what? Congratulations to both of them. And thank you again to Strictly. Well, I think Skidmore was being attacked by the cicadas. I think they're here. I'm waiting for them to come out. I'm, I mean, we're, we're going to actually get an emergency here. Did you see that? That was a cicada, I think. That is I saw hat. it twice. <laughs> I've never in my life seen a cicada hat, so I'm like, I'm almost looking forward to this. We're gonna get it. Actually, I have some holes and chimneys in my backyard around these two trees. This will be our first year in this first year in this neighborhood that we actually had at least an emergence of some sort. I don't think it's gonna be a real big one, but I've never seen yeah. nothing like. It. I saw another cicada fly over. I, think I know. Those are bats, actually, Billy, those are bats. Those are bats. <laughs> I think so. We got them. Another log on. These damn cicadas are getting out of control. Uh oh. We're, are you the only one here? Nope. You got to swipe left. Oh, you got to swipe. Swipe. I see you. Hold on now. Hold on. There we go. All right. Yeah, well, this is two tournaments in a row. We finished you at one spot above me. And I made late runs. I got um I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna you're gonna repay the you're gonna repay that before too long. Yeah, but at least yeah. I don't have, at least you won't be at Senecaville. 
That's not 100% yet, but it's a good possibility. Yeah, I'm glad you guys asked me. Um, I'm not going to make it to Zinnikaville. You're not? I'm, go- I'm going to the, uh, the Bass Nation. I'm going down to Texas for my what? first ever fishing tournament out of the state of Ohio. Get wow. Out. You're going to the Classic? Yeah. Holy shit. That's a, that's a trip. Well, good luck, homie. Yeah, it's like 16 hours. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, good luck, man. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Skidmore, you going to the national championship? Uh this year I don't think I don't think I'm making the trip this year, not not in October. I don't okay. think so. Um just curious because I just looked and somehow or another, I don't know how I qualified for this year already, but it's in there. So I got a couple of things. Uh I, I don't know. I might get out of the state a couple times this year, but with work being the way it's been and um, a daughter going to college, but there's a helicopter flying over. Sorry about that noise. I, I'm focused pretty much on um, BKFT and CKF locally here this year for probably most of the year. And I might get out of town for a few, for a couple tournaments, but between those tournaments and a vacation and work being so busy, I don't know. It's going to be hard. Yeah. I mean, KFT only, and I'm going to go to the national championship. That's it. And I wouldn't go, but, Jason Twenty paid my freaking entry fee, so I've got to go. <laughs> Wait, who who did? Who is it? I root for you. Jason Twenty Clothing Company paid my entry fee. Oh, there you go. Shout out to them. All right, here we go. So you guys go out to a lake. What bait? We'll start. I don't remember who we started with last time. Uh, we'll start with Bobby this time. Oh, I gave yeah. you two baits that you were like, no, I will not throw that. What are you? <laughs> go a wacky rig cinco i would uh i'd rather do anything in the world than throw that and this is so terrible for business billy but i'd rather not throw crankbait <laughs> oh well line out custom tackle just went bankrupt <laughs> oh but, well i'll save you man i want a crank i want to throw a I, crankbait. Have, I mean i, I want to throw a crankbait when the stars align, I'll throw a crankbait. And I love to throw one. I really do. But I know for a fact that I can take a Texas rig and a spinnerbait or a drop shot and go to work and usually perform very well. If you have, if I have to throw it, but if, like I said, if the stars align, I'll throw a crankbait. I didn't even bring a crankbait to Mosquito. Not a single one. And then Billy's like, I'm going to throw a crankbait. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't even own one. I didn't even bring one. Well, well, you know, you know what? That's funny that you bring that up because I had the flat, the flat side crankbait. That's my new, and I'm I'm new enough at this where I'm not giving away any secrets. I'm not telling anybody anything. But the the slim crankbaits, the PH Custom, that's my favorite bait. So I know there's the the, the DT series. I have them all. The yeah, whatever. But the they're like uh, probably like a six foot diver, and I have all those PH Custom slim baits. I love them. I caught a, um, I caught a bluegill in the grass. I seen it. I seen it. Yep. yep, yep. So as soon as I caught that bluegill, I like, I put that rod down, and then I started throwing the, uh, I started throwing the chatterbait in the bluegill pattern, <laughs> and kind of <laughs> like Skid said, I threw it the rest of the day, and I did not stop. I didn't give up on the. That was a nice, healthy bluegill in the grass. I couldn't catch him on a chatterbait. I threw a. A stealth blade. First fish ever in my life on a stealth blade. And then I cut it back off, put the spinnerbait on. 
I couldn't catch them on Chatterbait. They wouldn't eat it. All right, Skids, you're going out to the lake. I'm giving you two baits, and you're so mad at me. I'm with Wiker on this wacky rig Senko. I do not want to throw that. I don't want to throw that, and I probably don't want to drop shot. Those are my two things. Oh, I don't. I do not want to do those two things if I don't have to. Um, the drop shotting thing, I can get into a rhythm with that. I just don't like that wacky rig Senko. I'm not a very patient person. I'm a power fisherman first. A lot of people probably are. There's a hundred different ways to catch these bass, right? But like everybody has got to know their identity and do what they do the best, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. And if I'm throwing a drop shot or throwing a wacky rig Senko, I don't I don't love to do that. I'm definitely out of my element. I have done it. I've actually had tournament tournaments where i had boards you know fish on the board at the end of the tournament that came on a drop shot or something like that i cannot i honestly can't i honestly can't say i've not had a, a single tournament fish that i caught on a wacky rig senko because i don't do it <laughs> probably should think about how many times though in a tournament if you really start looking at what people talk about how many times since i'm a, i mean i'm a power fisherman that's all i want to do is power fish or I want to flip. I want to bring out the big flipping stick, a big weight, and punch and fish the, the dirty, like get the thick stuff. But how many times have you lost to a freaking wacky rig Senko? We're in Ohio, and like I understand, like that when you know you're not going to catch me finesse fishing in the spring, um, especially pre-spawn where we were last weekend with um, yep. mosquito. You're not going to catch me doing that almost ever. Uh, I mean, but there have been tournaments pre-spawn where I had to, I had to get out of my element. I mean, I flipped, you know, at Buckeye a couple of years, uh, was that two years ago, three years ago? And that won me that tournament. And like, I did not, I'm not a flipper. I mean, like, it's not that I don't like to do it. It's just, I am such a, I like, I'm, I'm a moving bait guy. I know I have to slow down sometimes. I know in Ohio in particular, not only do I have to slow down, I need to get, you know, with the pressure and, you know, when we get into summer pattern, I do need to slow down to the point sometimes where I'm throwing finesse and I like the shaky heads of my friend, but man, that wacky rig Senko, I know it's really good. And maybe I'll force myself to throw it some more this year. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to be a patient guy. I feel like I can fish the shaky head at a little faster speed oh man it's hard to throw that wacky rig senko i bought my first wacky rig tool this season <laughs> and my rod and the rings and the hooks all that stuff you can't beat them join them but i've got the I'm stuff to do it too i just i'm am i gonna really, use them i doubt <laughs> i'm i'm definitely fighting it tournament's over at three i might use them at two o'clock if i have to and when i can't power fish that way i want to power fish i will like start looking for a reaction strike on a power bait before I settle into the finesse stuff. And I, it's inevitable, like, around here. Like, you're going to probably have some time where you're throwing some finesse, but maybe I power fish to a fault almost sometimes, but... I hear you. I think that a lot. A lot of times I think if I would just put all the moving baits away, slow down, look around, figure out what's going on, and then start fishing, I might do better, but it's so hard to just not just cover water. I feel like you can cover water in 90% of tournaments and do well if you cover enough. If I don't have confidence in getting a reaction strike, then 
I'm finesse fishing, and, and that's what it takes to get me to throw a finesse bait. So we've, we've talked about, like, sitting around the fire, the brotherhood. I've been there. I've witnessed it. People sitting around telling fun stories, funny stories. But, you know, that's, that's like 10, 12 people sitting around the fire at some random tournament. If you guys, and then I'll, I'll let you guys off the hook after we, after we tell these stories. I want to know some of the campfire stories, funny <laughs> stories, just to give skids time to think about it. Oh, you started Let's go with, with Bobby. You, you started with me the last two times. It says, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, skids. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go where I want to go here. Nah, we're not going there. I, I, I've had, I had a rough tournament at Raccoon Creek. A, a lot of people know the story. <laughs> I mean, I called Bobby. Hey, Daddy. Good night, yeah. buddy. Love you too, man. Sorry, my son's going to bed. I, I called Bobby and I said, man, you're That's not going to believe what just happened. I thought he caught a giant. He says, don't tell me you just got a 23-incher. I was like, oh, uh, not quite. And I basically proceeded to tell him that I had a little, um, maybe a bathroom incident, let's say. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> let's just say that I, I think Bobby enjoyed that one. He had a pretty good laugh. I was like, we were fishing on the same lake at the time. I mean, it was not, I won't get into the details. Things weren't exactly like, you know, perfect that day, but. You should say he didn't make it. It was just, a, you know, I probably wouldn't be so, um, you know, proud of, I'm not proud of it, <laughs> but, you know, there was, I don't know. The cat's been out of the bag. Like I have some tournament nerves <laughs> and, uh, you know, Hannigan's probably been the one chris hannigan's been the one that you know after every tournament you know for for as long as i can remember hey skidmore you know what'd you do in the woods or whatever right <laughs> and and so it just became a running joke and like you know i guess i got a little bit of a i guess the nerve the, the tournament nerves might get to me here and there <laughs> but uh that was a rough one there I think me and Bobby both uh, did just as well as each other in that tournament. So, oh yeah, yeah, we matched each other perfectly. <laughs> Only you know he, as far as the fishing goes, and as far as other things go, he, uh, I made he it. Came out better <laughs> on that end, but you know we we have some campfire stories. It's just not all you know that type of story, but <laughs> right. we have a good time, man. We have a lot of laughs at camping. I'm telling you, man. Sometimes these campgrounds can get really big and the, and the sites can get spread out. Mosquito Creek was the same way. East West Harbor can be the same way. Um, get, get on Facebook, like send some messenger um, invites, like find out where everyone's going to be. We're not, yeah, we're not, it's, it's not a click. We're not, we're not trying to exclude anyone. Find out where we are and come over, man. We'll hang out and you can, you can hear the, uh, the rest of the, Skidmore story. story. <laughs> I, I've heard those types. I've actually heard those types of rumors before. Like where, um, you know, maybe there's some people out there that think that there's clicks within the trail. And I don't feel <laughs> like that. I mean, I, th I think everybody has their group of friends they hang out with. Right. But like you've been there. I mean, like we want we welcome everybody. I mean, like we, we want that fire pit 
circle as big as we can get it. I mean, like we have a blast. I mean, it's awesome mm-hmm. to meet new people every time. I mean, it's awesome to see new people win these things. I mean, like we're not like, you know, we're probably not, we probably don't keep as many secrets as we probably even should, you know, in this game, you know, but I'm not fishing for a living, you know, I'm fishing for fun. This is my escape. I know a lot of people are fishing for a living. I think, I don't know if I would love it as much as I do right now. If I was doing it for a living, I, I like, um, I have a job and all week long, I'm thinking, man, it's almost a weekend. You know, it's almost a weekend. I'm and working for Friday. I, I got a tournament this weekend. We're going camping. It's going to be a blast, you know, and it's so relaxing and it just decompresses you like completely. I, I love it. This has been a really, really fun year, like right out the gates, even with the Raccoon Creek incident. I guess I guess that's what we'll call that. <laughs> Bobby, you you've got it. You've got a story that's that's a funny story that you want to tell. You have a pretty funny story, and Billy probably doesn't know about this one, but I'm uh, I'm really superstitious on the whole banana thing. Like I don't um, like you put a banana in my kayak. I'm I'm gonna if I find it, I'm gonna throw it at you. And I Billy came over to my campsite at Mosquito Creek, and he was hanging out for a minute, and then he disappeared over by my boat, and I was like, huh, wonder what he's doing. And he disappeared and left my entire campsite. So I went over there and I was like, I looking around, getting my stuff ready. Actually, I went to go to go fill up my identifier card, and there was a banana sitting in my kayak. <clears throat> and I thought, oh, <laughs> Billy thinks he's funny. So I grabbed the banana and I head over to the campsite where Billy has his truck and trailer park, or no, his truck park, and I start hoarding through his tackle. And then the camper that he's parked next to starts making some noise and a guy runs out wondering what I'm doing because I'm not Billy, but I'm in Billy's kayak. <laughs> and at the moment, I was like, I'm in so much trouble. And so I told the guy, I was like, listen, I'm not bothering nothing. I'm not stealing nothing. I'm just putting a banana back in Billy's tackle box. So I find his crankbait box. I pull all the dividers out of it, which causes all of his crankbaits to get all messed up. And I stuck the banana back in it and closed it. I never heard the end of the story until I run into Kyle at like, I don't know, 1.30 in the afternoon. And he's telling me that at the boat ramp, Billy grabs his, his crankbait box and he opens it up and it's got a banana in it. And he just dumped it, like flipped it over, dumped it. What did you dump? Did you dump it on the ground or in your kayak? That was in my kayak. Yeah. Yeah. He just like, instead of taking the banana out, he was just like, what? And he flips it over and just dumped it, dumped it clear out. So he got his banana back. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my story. I thought that the guy at the camp was going to come out and shoot me because I looked, I really looked like a thief stealing Billy's tackle, but I was just planting a banana. <laughs> well, no. And I mean, instead, he got like third place, I think. He did. And I, I mean, Skidmore first, that guy second. Or me second, that guy third, and Billy had a banana. Hey, look, I've said it before. I bring a two bananas in my boat every tournament. I know that it's I know that um, you know, the history of the the boat. I know the history of that, right? And I know it's bad luck. But I accidentally left two bananas in my boat for a tournament one time that I was gonna eat in the morning. And 
it wasn't until I ate a banana then I realized that you know I left I realized I left them on my boat ate one and then I ended up going on to win the tournament so that was the beginning of I'm bringing the bananas on my boat from now on and uh, I mean like so I guess maybe I'm not that su- superstitious about bananas and like you know maybe I like the potassium those things give you right because maybe, have you, maybe been, re- I'm gonna have you been real efficient and had your hand freeze up like cramp up on you yeah we, we don't catch as many fish as skidmore does i've never been there before <laughs> oh come on <laughs> <laughs> so next tournament at nemesville i gotta sneak through the campground in the night and i gotta find your kayak and take a banana out right that's right. a possibility yeah i think yeah. i'm camping right next to you so kevin he was yeah he killed he got i think kevin got uh third place right kevin sams yeah Kevin Sams, West Virginia. Hey, I kept watch, I kept watching him, and every time I'd call, he'd call. He literally, I was like, "Who is this Kevin Sam?" I didn't know who that that that's who it was. I hung out with him at the fire all night at their site, but I never knew his name. And then I'm like, "Who's this Kevin Sams guy?" He's putting pressure on me. He needs to go away. And then Dude. to find out, he didn't slow down. He had a 12 and a half incher, and I was only an inch ahead of him. And I was like, "All he needs is a 13 and a half. He's going to beat." And then I went on my little rampage with 20 minutes left. But he also called that 12 and a half with a 14 and a half. So he took that two inches back real quick. It was cool to meet him. And uh, he's going to camp with us at Senecaville, unlike some people on this podcast. Um, I'm not 100. Hey, you know what? I'm doing something <laughs> with the trip mines. I might just come for the camping trip, not the tournament. <laughs> I might just show up after my little deal and just hang out. Is, are you cooking? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You cooking by any chance? <laughs> I got a I got a really good dinner plan for Nemesilla. Me and Kyle are going in halves on a pit boss pellet smoker. So don't oh. plan your Friday. Don't plan on don't plan your tournament night dinner. Wait, Nemesilla? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll have the pellet smoker running while we're fishing. So y'all just don't bring anything for tournament night dinner. We've been having some pretty good food nights. Food is great. A wiker. I mean, I'm still thinking about the walleye he uh, fried up <laughs> a, a few weekends ago. I mean, I literally, I've been talking about it ever since. I mean, I'm still thinking about it. I mean, I want more. Aaron Stahlbaum brought some, you know, fresh eerie walleye to the, you know, one of our camping trips, and uh, wiker fried it up with some Cajun, some Cajun and French red hot wedding type of deal, and it was so good, man. Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. Dude, that big old giant toad ate that beetle. And then he literally fit his body down in a crack in my concrete. And the only thing sticking out is his nose. Before we end this podcast, you guys want to give a shout out to anyone? Let's start with uh, Skids. I forgot. I, I mentioned it before in the podcast, but I wanted to give a shout out to Hannigan, Chris Hannigan. Because one of my first really good, great kayak fishing buddies, it was me and him, covid you know, for 2020, uh, made our our 36 angler bracket brawl challenge drag into 2021. But it ended up being me versus him. I wanted to give him a shout out for getting to that final. And we were there together, super good friends. And uh, yeah, that's all. I was pumped that I was pumped to have to go against him, you know, in that final. A good friend of mine, one of the first kayak fishing buddies I had. All right, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. But I want to give Bobby a chance to. Who do you want to give a shout out to? 
Um, I'm going to kind of follow Skidmore's lead on this one. I want to give a shout-out to Hannigan and Skidmore both because since joining BKFT, being the nobody knew who I was, just started fishing the trail, those two single-handedly made me feel like that I was part of the group in no time. Made me keep signing up for big BKFT tournaments like Staying at the national championship house with Skidmore. I only we only met Skidmore like two times in the live events. I actually talked to him and hung out with him. And he's like, "Hey, Wiker, you want to stay in the house with us at the national championship?" I spent three, spent ten days with him down there. And then Hannigan at the national championship at the house. He, him, and I hit it off. And he was, and I was on fish for sure, catching a lot of keepers, but a lot of clones because I'm really good at catching a bunch of thirteen inchers. And helped him out getting his limit. And then uh, at the racket, at the Mosquito Creek event, Hannigan was all about, and I can't believe you got on them like that. And just he, these, both these guys, they never, I've never seen them beat anybody down in a tournament ever. They're always lifting everybody up, no matter how you did, no matter who you are, they're always there to lift everybody up. I've never heard them say negative about anybody. So they, being the new guy in the trail, that's why I'm still here. <laughs> that's why i'm still fishing the trail i tried a couple other trails i'm not gonna say any names nothing like that i tried a couple other trails when i moved here and i never got the camaraderie that i got down in tennessee till i started fishing bkft and those guys both they make you just feel like family they make everybody feel like family that walks in the door well i knew we knew who you were i mean like that trip was a blast that championship was a great time that was a absolute blast out of the national championship i totally crapped the bed you were the only one that carried you had to carry the torch you and mino made it to the third day the rest of us were uh crying on our uh cereal but like (laughs) we had a blast down there man we had a blast and uh that house was pretty solid we had a good house definitely great memories what i was saying was it was you know you mino havlicek you got and, and Hannigan, you guys all knew each other. And I was just kind of like, oh, shit, you guys want me to stay in the house with them? We want to be on that on Team Venom to do all this? And I didn't know who anybody was. Everybody only knows me from online stuff, not live stuff. We had a – I mean, that was a phenomenal trip. We knew who you were. I, I was happy to see you uh, start to fish our – you know, fit the trail last year. I knew that it was going to be – that a, a serious stick was joining the trail and – um it was been awesome. I mean, it's been fun. Hey, everyone. Let's wrap it up. So BKFT podcast. Thank you very much to Skids and Bobby. And if you want to come out to Senecaville on June 12th, go to BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Make sure that's the date. And we'd love to see you guys out there. Bobby might even cook you guys some food. So <laughs> thanks again, guys, for your stories. I love it. and. Tight lines, everyone.